All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we're here once again to dissect, dismember, and discuss horror movies. Today's horror movie is going to be the... 2000 uh japanese very just i don't know cult classic battle royale um which is a movie i think we both saw when we were teenagers basically and i we have some history with this film uh before we get started though andrew how you doing you know i'm, I'm doing pretty good i i'm on day three of covid um but you know so like you got the rona hasn't been great got, got the rona, rona gotcha and, and admittedly I, I was one of those people who was saying like i you know i kind of feel weird if i don't get it <laughs> before it's over because like you know you live through a pandemic and you don't get to say you got it uh which you know obviously any anybody who's lost me to it i apologize but you know for you know for, for my demographic it's uh you know it's, the risk is not very high especially as fully mm-hmm. vaccinated um and i i got married uh two weekends ago Woo-hoo. Which, and you woo. eloped right yeah we, we eloped the way to do it <laughs> and it was it was cool um uh, I got a really uh, sweet photo. Dan sent me uh, an alien and predator getting married uh, card, and it is amazing. <laughs> and, and actually, I don't know if they told you this, but uh, they, they they sent me the one like the picture, and then they also sent me like a um, like a, a note card, not like a note, like a, a postcard version of it as well. Oh, so cool! I, I, I have like oh, a I mini one that. and a big one, and the mini one. Well, the mini one they wrote like a note. They're like, "Hey, congratulations on your marriage." Blah, blah, blah. So like. It was it was cool. You know, it was nice. That's really cool. Now I got it off at Etsy. Um, let me see if I can find it so we can give him a shout out <laughs> on this podcast. Uh, but basically, yeah, they. Uh, it was beard something something beard. Beard. Bearded miladies. Bearded miladies on Etsy. Um, yeah, they have an alien and predator card on there, and I just included in the note it was a wedding gift for one of my friends. So. Who's a huge oh. alien and or predator fan. <laughs> <laughs> so he likes that. But yeah, no, they've got like uh, Bill Murray greeting cards. They've oh. got a Capybara on the beach greeting card, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and send it on over to you right now. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, really good. So definitely check them out. Uh, yeah. So thank you so much for beating the ladies for your contribution to um, Andrew's uh, wedding gift. <laughs> so, what, so what do you do with it? Are you hanging it on up in the... Um, in your bedroom, or is it in the living room, or so? I, 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 we're trying to find a place for it. So currently, it is, it is like in like my like office room, hanging like above my desk. <laughs> nice. But I want to try Good to find to put a, a better place for it. Like I want it to be more central somewhere. Um, like not that this isn't like it's central to me, but I want it to be more like central to the house at some point. Um, so <laughs> it's yeah. like it's a corner piece. It really yeah. brings the whole place together. It, it, well, it's, it's really a nice quality. Like I mean, the art, like the 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 colors. It's not like super bright or dark. It's like that nice kind of like I don't know how to like uh, like almost like watercolory. I don't know. I, I, it's it's great. Great. I, I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but how are how these going going for you? Uh yeah it's it's going good uh my girlfriend got the rona so Hmm. it's been kind of she's been quarantined to the bedroom while i have been sleeping on the couch and it's actually kind of funny too because our uh, balcony uh is about 10 feet away from our neighbor's balcony they're literally across 
uh, the little pathway there, and they can see into our living room because, well, I'm assuming they can because we can see into their living room pretty well. So we always have to remember to like close the blind and stuff. And we've met them; they're cool. Uh, we've met them several times before, but it's just funny. I'm just thinking to myself, "Oh man, they must think I'm really in the doghouse now because I've been <laughs> sleeping on the couch for the last couple days." Oh man, they must think Amanda's really mad at me. Did I ever tell you how I met them? No. Okay, so um, Amanda was walking around the kitchen one day. And all of a sudden, we hear this, hey, you home, from across the hall. And it was like, I don't know, 6 o'clock in the evening, something like that, on a Sunday evening. And uh, they were basically at the balcony shouting for us uh, to, uh, you know, say hi or whatever. And then we walked down over. It's two mid-20s girls, I guess they could say. And they were clearly just smashed out of their (laughs) minds. And they were just like, you should come over. Let's talk. Woo. And then I looked at my girlfriend and I'm just like, um, do I want to spend my Sunday night with a bunch of drunk woo girls? No, I'm good. Thank you. But you go on over. You have fun. So that was that. Did she go over and have fun? She went over. She had fun. She was, she was more of the mom of the group. But that's, that's, that's the way she does. <laughs> that's what she I've, does. I haven't heard the, the term woo girl in forever. Yeah, I think it was How I Met Your Mother that popularized that. Was it? Okay, there we go. Because like that, that I might be think why. So. That might be a, a yeah. chapter of my life better forgotten, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Uh, yeah. So, do we want to go ahead and jump on into the movie? Yeah, let's do it. All right, sounds good. Yeah, I think we're gonna have a lot to say about this one real quick. Uh, so once again, this is going to be the 2000 cult classic uh, directed by Kimji Fukusaku. Uh, Fukusaku, <laughs> who is um, actually a pretty prolific Japanese director. Unfortunately, he did pass away of pancreatic cancer Mm. uh, while he was working on the sequel, actually. Um, But this was a movie I suggested and put on through because it is a movie I've seen probably, gosh, seven or eight times throughout my life, but I haven't seen it since, gosh, probably a decade, honestly. Uh, This was one of those movies where way, way, way back when, when I was spending way too much time in high school on the GameFAQs forums, um... And looking around and just, you know, stuff like that. People were always mentioning about, oh, this cult classic, this Japanese um, battle royale. It's about a bunch of teenagers who are forced to kill each other on an island. Isn't this crazy? And blah, 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 blah. And I do remember in, um, we we didn't have an anime club, but we had a sci-fi club. And it was basically just like gaming, anime, everything looped in together. And I remember getting a copy of this film from one of the older uh, boys at the club when I was like a freshman or a sophomore, I want to say. And um, basically handed it on over to me and said, you know, hey, I downloaded this from so-and-so. Go ahead and watch it. And, you know, at that time, internet sucked i think i was still on dial up at that time and it was really hard to download full movies and see this stuff right there but i remember i ran that to the ground that dvd that um cd that was burned on too and then i remember showing all my friends about it and i do remember distinctly one sleepover where i showed it to a couple of my friends and then one of them just stood up and just noped out of there he's just like nope nope can't watch it can't watch it and then walked out into another room and then stayed there for like 45 minutes so uh-huh. uh yeah yeah so i do have a lot of long history with this film i think it was a little bit more popularized uh when the hunger games came out mm. and i remember there was a lot of people kind of saying oh you know hunger games is just a rip off of battle royale which yeah this movie did come out quite some time before it so very much it could very much be that um hunger games author what's her name susan collins susan collins yeah could could have taken some inspiration from it 
Um, but we kind of went ahead and, um, you know, just this is the original one. Um, and then also, too, of course, you know, it kind of spawned the whole Battle Royale phrase in video games as well with Fortnite and PUBG and everything like that. I don't know. Did it exist as a concept? I'm sure it did at some points, but... Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I, I, I don't know if it was more of a, just kind of a common term that was used for the situation or not before then, or if those, you know, PUBG and them kind of used that as a point of reference. Like, cause I always think of a battle... I guess I guess the battle royale as a free-for-all is a kind of common term, I suppose. Yeah. If, um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they thought of the movie when they defined that genre or not. Though I will say, uh-huh. trying to find anything on Battle Royale, it was very hard for, like, in modern day, I was looking, trying to look at articles, and everything was on Battle Royale genre games. <laughs> so, okay. No, it was so well, annoying. that's great, because I know way too much background information about this movie. So. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, yeah, no, I was I was slightly obsessed with this movie for oh. the longest time. I read the book, I read the manga, um, so I, I saw the sequel, which is not very good. I had to um, import it on over and then get like a region-free DVD player in order to watch it too. I think mm. that was a birthday gift at some point. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's how it went. So uh, yeah, what's your history with this movie? I think I had the same one. Uh, like I, I, I don't know if I found it online or some point, but I know I've definitely owned multiple like shitty bootleg copies of it. Um, I, uh, but yeah, I found it sometime in, in high school, uh, maybe late middle school. Um, kind of same thing as you just kind of pass around my friends. Because um, I think at one point I owned like a single disc edition, and then later on I I, I, uh, I think an anime website that I used to buy. I didn't know at the time it was bootleg anime. I thought it was real. Uh, I thought it was you know just oh man it's the Roni Kenshin series for twenty five bucks. What a deal! Oh, um, that sounds legitimate. <laughs> yes, I have no concept of currency. <laughs> but uh, I bought some like two disc special edition of Battle Royale and Battle Royale 2 at one point. Um, and uh-huh. I did the same thing. I think I, I I didn't con my dad necessarily into it, but at one point he wanted to buy a, a DVD player, and I was like, what if I use your need to suit my need to get a region-free uh, DVD player? <laughs> so I just <laughs> guided him towards the correct one, and there we go. <laughs> um, but, no, like, like you know, uh, def- I, a lot of my friends and I watched it uh, together, talked about it, um, and just like you, I, was, I, I, I read the book, I read all the manga. I, I read the sequel manga, which isn't really a sequel. I guess, I don't know. But, um, what was it called? Uh, Blitz Royale. It, the, the art is not nearly as good. The story is terrible. Um, but, yeah, I got... Um, I just remember being obsessed with this and knowing all the characters' names and, like, watching the movie again, kind of like you said. I watched it a bunch when I was younger, and it's been a while since I watched it recently. Uh, and just the way that the names came back to me, like, characters would walk... Like, the girl who... Um, I can't remember right now. A girl gets shot, shot through the neck with the arrow. She walked out, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, it's uh, I, I it's just an oh frick. I can't remember." Back. I was like, "Oh, it's, it's her." Uh, and like the 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 names stick like Noriko Nakagawa and like Shigenanahara, like Shoto Kawada, like all those names they like, stick in my head, like Peter Parker and shit. Like they're like yeah. embedded in there uh, so hard. Uh, so yeah, it's been a I think a big part of my my adolescence. Uh, as well. Yeah, and that is one thing I think this movie does really, really well is they, you know, have a massive ensemble cast to work with, basically, even though they do follow a few central characters of the, um, the main characters. But they do a really good job at, like, making sure that each individual one of them has some sort of personality trait you can latch on to. They're all very distinct in that way, which I really enjoyed. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I, gotta, I gotta ask you, what do you think does the better story of the three media that you've read and watched? Sorry. Good question. All right. So, um, 
Well, first off, the premise, for those of you who haven't heard of it before, and then I'll kind of dive into it. Each one of them relatively follows the same story, but of course there's a few deviations here and there. Um, but the, the the overall premise is basically Japan. This is near future Japan, like 10, 20 years down the line, something like that. Um Respect for the elders, I guess, is societal, is like a huge societal issue. Like, it's not uncommon for students to stab their teachers because they don't like them in the school hallway and stuff like that. It's really just, you know, this whole generational divide. And so what the government decides to do is they decide to pick a random class one year, uh, once a year, uh, basically gas them, stick them on some sort of deserted land, and force them to kill each other until there's one of them remaining hence the Battle Royale. And uh, it is a news event. It's not to the level of Hunger Games where like people are tracking it and watching it the whole time like a sporting event. It's more of a, you know, afterwards, they go ahead and report on the aftermath and that sort of thing. Um, but that's kind of how it goes. And, you know, obviously we follow this one. And junior high class, I believe it was. Are they yeah. High school or junior they're, high? They're ninth graders, yeah. So they're junior high. Yeah, yeah. Because the way they describe it, it's their last year of compulsory education. So it's yes. at the end of the middle school because uh-huh. in Korea, not Korea, sorry, in Japan, uh, your your last year of high school, which which in uh, sorry your last year of middle school, which in America is eighth grade, but in Japan it's ninth grade, is your uh, or your third grade, third grade middle school, whatever you call it. I forget the, the way you say it, <coughs> but that's mm-hmm. their last year of compulsory mm-hmm. education. Gotcha, makes sense. Uh, yeah, but that's that basically. So going on in there, um, they get kidnapped and they get put on this island and we kind of follow a few of the characters as stuff goes on and happens on that front. Um, in terms of the three different uh, media, I remember the book and the movie are very similar in that front. I think the biggest change between all three of them, though, is the character of the principal, which mm. I'm going to talk at length about. But I think that's the biggest difference between all of them, because in the book, if I remember correctly, he's just kind of a dick. But doesn't have too much of a personality in the manga i remember he's just an absolute psychopath like a sadist for the sake of sadism and then in the movie uh played by takashi katano who just absolutely steals this movie this is an amazing (laughs) performance by him I, i i love him so much um yeah he's he's brings a very multi layered character to the movie as well uh but yes we will spend some time on that one um, in terms of ratings, I would say the movie is probably my favorite just because it's just it's a very nice compact package. Honestly, I think there are a few scenes that are a little bit too much, um, too much. The, they could have trimmed some more fat, basically. I do like how the book uh, kind of gives a little bit more detail on a lot of aspects of it. And it was a really fun read. And then I do remember a major motif of the uh book was the Bruce Springsteen song Born to Run, which is one of my favorite songs. I really, really like that one. So that was like uh, pretty fun too. And it was just interesting to see the, you know, because you and I both, we lived in Korea. We understood at least to some degree Western influence on Korean culture. And, you know, same thing. We both visited Japan. We understand that influence on there. So it's always fun to see that. Uh, The manga, honestly, I don't think I finished. I remember Mm. not liking it too much. Um, I just remember it was just kind of gore for the sake of gore. Um, How dare you? But that was a long, long time ago. So, yeah, I think I got like maybe five or six volumes in, I want to say. And I just, I, yeah, I was just like, I, I'm not a huge fan of this. Man. See, uh, how about you? What is your favorite? I might be slightly opposite. Like, so I, I'm, I'm going to say that I, I, you know, I love, I really like all three, but like they're all very good. They're all different levels of good. I think the movie to me is the least, um, 
of them, just because it's, it's the, you know, it's obviously the shortest format. Um, and then the book and the manga are hard for me because I love the book, um, but because it flushes out so many things. Like you said, like I think I remember reading about the couple who dies, um, the couple who, who commits suicide in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as the game starts, these this, these two kids who are kind of like dating decide to jump off a cliff essentially. And I remember reading that like in in a cafeteria in my high school, um, and reading this chapter because you learn about these characters, their hopes, their dreams, their you know their plan, how they want to live together, and then they just die. And you're just like, I just spent like, you know, like a good amount of time reading out these characters to them just to die. Uh, and I love that. I think that the, the, um, the manga, it's 15 volumes, so it, it has a lot of space. And I think that they do the same thing where they really flesh out a lot of characters. Um, they change a few things. Uh, I'd say that the manga and the book are more closely tied than the book and the movie. The movie takes, you know, understandably glosses over a lot of things. Um mm-hmm. But I just think that the manga fleshes out a lot of things. I think that that gore that's there, I kind of like it because it's it's gross. It's like fucking gross as hell. I remember, I don't know why my mom was buying these for me when I was a kid. Because um, my mom, <laughs> like, we, we'd go to Barnes and Noble and she'd buy me them, and she'd be like, "This is a Playboy writing on the back of it." I'm like, Shh, "Ignore that." <laughs> um, yeah, that's actually just this is a good uh, kind of side note on this front. This was one of the uh, very first um, Japanese films to get an R fifteen plus rating, which was um, very very rarely used. It's basically like a nc-17 writing here in um the states so oh yeah they, they flaunted that shit all over the front of it <laughs> oh yeah yeah um, they did but uh I, I, to me i might i, I the monk i'd probably say the book just for the presence of the book came first but i might go book manga movie and, and i'm not saying that mm-hmm. movie's bad the movie is still great but just like in terms of like the story because to me it's all about the characters and i feel like the kid you don't really get much of the characters in this other i think the thing that the movie has like you mentioned is um takeshi kitano who like yes is who's a great character in this movie uh oh. but okay yeah. so i guess i guess i i want to geek out about him for a second I geek out about <laughs> yeah, him. For it. all right so this movie definitely kind of like started my love affair with this particular actor so takashi katano he is a very prolific plur- uh, comedian actor and he's had a hell of a career um he has done a lot of directing jobs mostly like these gangster era yakuza films like uh Seventeen and Violent Cop and stuff like that. Um, Hana B was another really, really big one as well. Uh, but he was a comedian as well. Like, that's one of his biggest uh, things. He's a big comedian over in Japan. Um, do you remember Most Extreme Elimination Challenge? Do I remember MXC? Come on. Yes, yes, yeah. Now, he is one of the hosts on that one. Yeah. He's the one that says, like, Raichi Arvik or something like that, too. Um, it was dubbed over a Japanese game show called Takashi's Castle, which is really hilarious. Uh, I think my favorite fact about him, though, is back during the 80s, during the original Nintendo era, he made a game called Takashi's Challenge. Have you heard about this one? No. Oh, yes. Okay. So, Takashi's uh, Challenge, definitely read up about it. It is such a fun rabbit hole to go down. But basically, you boot up the game, and it says, this is a video game designed by a man who hates video games. <laughs> and this is like, you know, um, NES era, so like the original Super Mario Brothers graphics and stuff like that. You play as a salary man who basically has to go around collecting money back and forth, um, but they try and make it as realistic as possible for the most part. Like, you go on in, and then like halfway through the game, your wife gives you divorce papers, and you lose <laughs> half your money and shit like that. I think my favorite part, though, is in Japan, 
um, the Famicom, the Japanese equivalent of the NES, came equipped. The second controller had a microphone in it. So one of the things you have to do in the game is actually sing karaoke into the microphone for two hours in order to progress. <laughs> it is amazing. Don't play the game, but there's a whole bunch of, like, I think, like, Angry Video Game Nerd did a video on it, or... I don't know, JonTron or something like that, too. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 absolutely hilarious. Thank you. Uh, but, yeah, no, he's... Yeah, he's had a long, prolific career. He's been in a ton of stuff. And this is... Was my kind of introduction to him. So I, I kind of looked at a lot of other his videos on that front. Um, and his other movies as well. And it's been a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, definitely recommend that. And he, he kills him in this role. Mm, he really does. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, I... Okay, interesting. Yeah, because I do remember I liked the book, but I didn't... Um, yeah, I, 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 I guess I'm just so much of a fan of Takashi Kitano. And I guess it's also, too, the... I saw the movie first before anything else, so that was kind of... Might have influenced it as well, mm. so... I understand. That's like yeah. me and Dreamcatcher. You know, I saw the movie first, and I have a special place in my heart, but I know the book's better. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. All right, cool. Um, so, yeah, I guess uh, we're both, you know, big fans of this movie on that front. And why do you think that is? Like, what does this movie do well that you really enjoy? You know, I think I think as much as I criticize the the adaptation for losing some of the characters, I think that it is a very good character movie. Like, I think, you know, for a lot of kids, there's just the concept of the gore and the, the middle school is killing each other. Like, you know, that, that is an appeal to a certain number of kids, or, you know, even the gross out factor. Um, but I think what makes the movie rewatchable is the characters are interesting, um, you feel for the characters. You kind of want to figure out what's going on. Like on Watch Through this time, it was really interesting to see the things that were kind of foreshadowed and the ways that these kids and these uh, the director kind of put the movie together to, I don't know, make it more than it could be. Because, you know, there's a lot of movies. There's that um, the Condemned movie, which is like a big ripoff of this with uh, Steve Austin. Maybe I can't remember. Some some wrestling movie. Oh, The Rundown or something like that? Or The Condemned? I think I think it was The Condemned because they, they had the leg, okay. the leg bombs. Um so that there's that um and there you know like i think that it this, this is just the, the characters make it more watchable and more interesting um you know because I, I feel like if if they weren't strong characters you know you didn't have the um the kawadas and them in it you wouldn't uh you know want to come back to it you'd be like oh i watched it once it's great you know whatever cool who cares um so i think you know i think that the answer brings you back to it and makes it more interesting uh how about you what, what, yeah. what do you think draws you to it yeah, no, I definitely agree, and I kind of mentioned it before. Like, there's so many characters to run on through, but they do such a good job of just showing us the characteristics one another. They, they have a very limited amount of time to work with, but at the end of it, yeah, those names did stick out in my head. Like, um, duh, 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 like uh, Shuya Narahara and Noriko Nagagawa and stuff like that, and Shogo and Katano and everything like that. Um, yeah, it, it really, everything kind of sticks out in my mind on that front. They do a really good job developing the characters, um, the concept obviously has been done to death, but for this one, definitely, it's been fun. Um, and then also, too, I just think it's really... I One thing, because I remember when I first saw this movie, it was definitely like the most violent movie I had ever seen up until that point. Um, but now, it, it definitely, I can kind of tell the cheesiness of it <laughs> um, as it comes on through. It, it, it doesn't take itself 100% seriously, but it is kind of back and forth on that front so yeah it's just it's a really it's a well done movie 
Wish I could say the same about the sequel, but yeah, <laughs> it is se- a well-done movie. sequel's not great, but luckily I saw it back at a time where like I was so into Battle Royale that I was like, this is acceptable, and then I, I just don't <laughs> want to watch it again. Um, but the other thing I'll say that I think it really kind of helps with is we watched it when we were uh, you know, in high school, and I think that this movie does trivialize the whole like adults suck thing a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I think that that's what, why it draws a lot of young crowds is this idea that it's about these kids who are being screwed over by adults, essentially. Um, which you know, I think if we were to do a modern remake, I think they can really tie that in. If you know, because America does have the, uh, bought the rights to make a remake uh, in America for a while, but then I think it was around the time of Columbine or something. So like, they're like yeah, let's not do a movie about kids killing kids. Sounds sounds like not a great idea. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why we pushed it back a little bit. You know, as as school shootings become endemic to our society. Uh, you know, we don't want to, you know, we felt a little awkward uh, talking about it at the time. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I think that this idea, especially when you're a kid, of that all the adults are out there to get you and you're just kind of, you know, thrown, you know, especially I think kids going to school, you know, like that Lord of the Flies-esque or like the social hierarchy of like going to school and trying to quote unquote survive school, I think is a very common theme um, for a lot of kids growing up. And so like that idea that like, you know, your parents don't understand you, the adults in the world don't, you know, don't, uh, you know, don't you know, kind of just leave you out to dry, I think is a, you know, a thing that not just emo kids, but, you know, just like kids kind of feel at times in their lives. So I think it's a very relatable film for that reason at times. Um, I think if we, you know, if that, if that American remake were to happen, I think they'd easily kind of frame that around uh, millennial groups and Gen Zers and the way that, um, as we see in our political scheme and like housing markets, the younger generations are being screwed. Uh, and I think they could use that as a framing device for, uh, you know, for to tie that into our modern uh, context that, you know, that Battle Royale had with its, that kind of 10 years and the Japanese kind of um, <clears throat> coming back from the war that mm-hmm. made Battle Royale successful. Yeah, and I do think you actually kind of gave me a thought on that front too. I do think that one thing that makes this movie work so well is the Japanese setting. It's, it, it, it's a culture that places a massive hierarchy on respecting your elders and not only your elders but you know your higher-ups like your boss or your boss's boss or that sort of thing too um you know respecting the chain of command there's this in japan there there is this hierarchy of people who deserve more respect um or you know should have more respect in terms of their position in life whether that's their age or their position or whatever it is and here in America, we really, we have that to an extent, but nowhere near the level that Japan does. Um, so that main conflict of kids versus adults, it, I, I feel it's a lot more pronounced in a Japanese setting than it is in an American setting. Mm. Well, and you think too, like uh, the in the book, and they kind of allude to it in this as well, uh, you know, I made this in my shelter of life, but these students are portrayed as, like, kind of having to deal with, you know, may not may not be in the best school, I don't know, but, like, you know, a lot of these school students, they talk about how they all, a lot of them have already had sex, a lot of them are drinking and doing drugs and stuff, and these kids are all, you know, like, again, in ninth grade. Um, so, like, you know, I used, to, we used to, I used to teach up to eighth grade, so I can just imagine, like, my students doing that. Um, <coughs> that is an interesting element as well um, in terms of... Uh, you know, the kind of societal implications of that. Um, these kids are not necessarily uh, the most law-abiding, <laughs> I guess, to begin with. Uh, well, let's just go into our, into our main characters, you know. Let's go into, into, yeah, sure. into those, uh-huh. those guys. So what do you think about Shuya Nanahara? Uh, yeah, so Shuya is the main character. He <laughs> is, um, I like his motivation, um, but he is the main character. He 
has the inciting incident at the very beginning of the movie where his best friend is killed as basically an example to show everyone that, you know, this is serious and your calories will explode if you fuck shit up. Um, so that's that right there. But his main motivation is um, his friend, uh, Nobu, uh, he was the one who died at the very beginning and uh, his best friend and he had a crush on a girl named Noriko and so then his primary motivation throughout the entire movie is uh, protecting her and I do like that it's not really in a romance angle it's just more of a you know protector role sort of thing it's very platonic which I did enjoy um would you would you say it's platonic oh not 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 mm. I think not from her perspective she's she's thirsty uh, so are all the other girls. <laughs> every fucking girl in this thing loves shooting. Yes, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> every girl's like, we're about to die, but you know that shooting on a heart? He's pretty fucking hot. And they get shot. And you're like, oh, all right. <laughs> I'm glad that worked out. Which is funny because like, you don't really get the impression that she, like, you get like Shinji seems a lot more, uh, Shinji Mimura, the uh, the third man, the, the the hacker seems a lot more like an interesting like basketball player and stuff. But nope, everyone's yeah. after Shuya. Everyone just, just knows one day he's going to be like <laughs> Yagami. And he's like, yep. Yeah, yeah, I guess I can say that. I, I, I do like his backstory, too, in terms of his family. Like, there's... And I know the book uh, does a lot more detail on this, about how he was raised in an orphan. Well, in the book, he was raised in an orphanage, right? Yeah. And then in the movie, they briefly allude to it, but they don't ever strictly say it outright. The biggest thing is that just that his dad committed suicide, which that image stuck in my head for a long, long time now when they, you know, showcase the dad hanging himself with the paper tra- toilet paper trail that says, you can do it, Julia, be, be your best, Julia. So, well, um, and I think that's interesting because yeah. what we learn is that, yeah, his mom ran away. And because when he gives a little speech at the end, uh, when he's talking with uh, <coughs> Shogo and before Shogo quote unquote betrays them, um, yeah, his mom left, and then his dad died. And that was two years before the events of this. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, in, in the book, he was raised in orphanage to begin with. Um, and this one's kind of recent. But I think that, that again, kind of ties into this idea of where society was at that point in time, where, like, the dad couldn't get a job. The dad was fired. The dad uh, was in a place where he felt like he you know, couldn't support his family. Um, so he kind of, like, it, the opposite of Kitano, who kind of takes all his anger out on the kids below him, uh, he kind of like put all his faith in his son and was like, I'm a failure, but you know, you can, you can do it. You should keep trying. He's like, I'm, you know, I'm failing. I'm doing terribly, but you can keep going. And I thought that was a good message that I don't think when I first watched as a kid, I really picked up on. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was just kind of tragic backstory on that front too. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Um, what do you think of like uh, Shogo, the uh, badass? I fucking love Shogo. And every, in every iteration, I fucking <laughs> love Shogo. Shogo is the best character. Uh, and apparently the actor who plays him is now like a politician, which is hilarious. Really? Yeah. He's like, he's Let in like the, he's in like the, the diet, I think is what's called. <clears throat> yeah. He's a, the founder and current leader of the anti-establishment political party. Uh, <laughs> anti-establishment? But, uh, Sounds like Shogo. Yeah. Yeah, that, that sounds like him, too. But huh. I love him. Gotcha. I think the actor who plays him is great. Uh, I think that the character Oh, he ran is for awesome. governor in the 2020 Tokyo gubernatorial election. Damn. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, you know, great, great guy. Uh, uh, and I, I, yeah, I, wow. I, I love the way he keeps talking. So in the books, his dad actually, or I think mean, it's just in the, excuse me, in the manga, his dad actually is a doctor. Uh, but I love the way he's like, oh, my dad's a doctor. Oh, my dad's a, uh, a chef. Oh, my dad, my dad's a fisherman. And you're just like, what the fuck, uh-huh. chef? <laughs> oh, I'm I'm just looking at the Wikipedia pages right now. I had no idea that the actor for Shuya played um, Light in the uh, Death Note uh, live action films. Yeah, he did. Huh. I didn't realize that. Cool. Those were actually pretty good movies. I did really like. Yeah, those. I enjoyed them. He did a good job with that too. He was like, yeah, he went dark well. <coughs> uh-huh. 
Uh, yeah, so that's that. Um, let's see what else we got there. Uh, Kazuyo, the crazy dude. Uh, Kiriyama. Uh, yeah, Kiriyama. I think Kiriyama's pretty one note. I think that there are, the, the actor does, like, I think what he can with the lock, because they don't give any any dialogue. Um, yeah, he's just a force of nature in this movie. There's no backstory to him whatsoever. And there was backstory to him in, like, the book and the manga, right? <laughs> yeah, so in the book, um, what we learn about him at the end, or I think it's, like, it's maybe it's kind of hypothesizing. I can't remember if it's the book in the manga, but we learn that as a child he's in a car accident and he may have gotten a splinter in his brain that made that like fucked his synapses up so he can't like display emotion. So to him it's just like a, a do or don't thing essentially. Like a and uh, it's basically in the book, he's not a transfer student. He goes to school with all of them, so does Shogo. Um, Shogo is a transfer student, but he, he's still going to school with them for a little while before they get pulled into the game. Uh, but yeah, basically um, Kiriyama it, has a brain injury essentially is what we learn um gotcha and that just affects his empathy and everything else so yeah like i think he reveals to the first character because there's that scene where he um shoots all that those gang which i always thought was interesting because in the in the uh in the movie he goes to this gang of kids and they're like we're not gonna play the game fuck it we're gonna play the game yeah come on man and like which is funny because these these bullies who you think are like we're gonna fuck you up but instead like we're not gonna kill anybody (laughs) um and then he kills them all but in the um, in the original book, it's all his gang members who meet up for him to come and like you know lead them in the battle. And he's like, "Oh hey guys, uh, so I flipped a coin to see if I want to play the game, and it came up head, so I'm gonna kill you all, shoot some all." <laughs> You're like, "I do remember that shit. scene, yeah." It's so uh-huh. good. So like that kind of character I really missed. Like that that's one of the things where I read the book and I'm like, "Oh man," but I do like because there's elements where he kills somebody, he walks and kind of looks at them, um, and I, I like that. I like the idea that he like kind of looks at what he did and he looks kind of interested in it. Um, but like. I can. I had a hard time taking him seriously in the movie when he's chasing after Shuya with a little bag on his arm, like flipping in the air, and he's running after him and just spraying bullets randomly. I'm just like, oh, this guy is terrible. I'm like, wow. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think they 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 could have done a better job of making him more menacing. I feel like, um, but, mm-hmm. but you know, again, they didn't have much time. I think I think in the movie he could have used a little bit more dimensions because, like I said, he's basically just a force of nature in the movie. But they don't ever explain anything beyond that. He's just the antagonist you know mm. literally dark coats while everyone else is in their tan school uniforms um that's that right there yeah i, I would have really, really i think it would have been really cool if they um had gone with the route of him being in their school because then i think you know again having him be that guy people are like oh look at kiriyama kind of kind of weird whatever but then have him kind of be like yeah i decided to play the game and then fuck with people kind of like mitsuko does i think would have been more mm. interesting and you know not really fuck with him because and you know again he's the force he's still a force of nature in the book but he's like of course, the nature of the kids know. And they're not just like, look at that crazy fucking guy. They're like, oh, it's it's Kiriyama. I kind of thought he was fucked up. Okay. You know? Like, that uh, that element, I think, uh, was nice. Mm-hmm. Let's see who else. Uh, what about uh, uh, my, my Noriko Nakagawa? Um, she was fine. <laughs> Honestly. Like, the two main characters are probably the least interesting people oh, in yeah. this entire movie. Um, on that front right there. I mean, she, she makes good cookies, I guess. <laughs> I mean, we only we only get one guy to say that, and he really likes her, so, you know, it could be terrible. Uh-huh. Um, yes, yes. Now, that, that was an interesting angle I thought the movie did um, in terms of just... Okay, let's talk about Katano then. Let's do it. So Katano is the principal um, who is played by Takashi Katano. They use the same last name for the character as well. Um, so basically, Noriko and him have this very odd relationship in the movie um it's basically we learn that the principal katano so the teacher yeah he's a sounds weird uh, teacher yeah yeah just teacher uh teacher katano is a um 
uh, does not have a good home life. Like his daughter hates him, his wife hates him, everything like that. It's it's really really bad. Um, but he did kind of develop an affinity for this Noriko girl because she was nice to him. And there is an extra scene where they talk on the riverbank. So basically, he kind of sees her as a surrogate daughter in terms of okay, she's one of the good ones. She's the only one that out of this entire class of fuck ups, basically, that's any decent. Um, so there is a scene later on where he basically kind of helps her out a little bit and um, that sort of thing too. But uh, yeah, beyond that, I mean, she really doesn't have much agency in the story whatsoever. So I, I, I do think in the book at some point, like she does have a little bit of agency or she saves Shui at some point or something like that or gives some good information. Uh, but I don't remember any of that in the movie. Yeah, no, she, yeah, she's basically useless. Uh, and I think she is in the manga too. I feel like her and Shui are both pretty useless. But that's kind of the point. It's because like neither of them really ever succumbs to the game. You know, like Shogo, Shogo becomes part of the game. You know, he plays the game and kills people. They never really do. I think it maybe in the manga at one point. I can't remember if um, Shuya helps take down um, Kiriyama. But like, it's yeah. Neither of them really do anything. I, I'm actually kind of disappointed because I the this movie time when I watched it, I played a lot more attention uh, uh, to Kitano and I. I really got the impression that he was, like, somebody who really liked teaching or wanted to be a teacher. Because, uh, like, you get all these scenes of him kind of acting like a childish guy. Like, come on, guys, you know, let's watch the thing. You know, like, which I think is supposed to be funny. But, like, you can always interpret it as a guy who really wanted to be a teacher, really wanted to be the son of a great teacher, and which basically dealt with a shitty situation. Like, you know, kind of had his dreams crushed and he got stabbed in the ass by some kid. Um, mm-hmm. And like you said, I think he kind of saw Noriko as, you know, the surrogate daughter he would have preferred to have. And also as somebody who we see that she gets bullied and locked in lockers and shit. And that's the reason she wasn't included when all they skipped class that day with him before he got stabbed. Like, <laughs> he kind of saw her as, like, the kind of kid he wanted to teach. And, like, what he kind of got into teaching for. Um, and that's kind of getting reiterated at the end when after the thing's over, he does the, like, morning exercise that they do at school with the younger kids. Um, and Yeah, and that's and that's interesting actually i have a point that kind of brought it up on that front too because we're both teachers and i know we've you know had that moment where we're just like yeah that's that one kid that makes me come on in and you know uh-huh. makes it all worth it for that particular day or at the very least you try and lean on it for a little bit as well um but now i was just thinking to myself too i actually did have a student try and stab me with a pair of scissors a long time ago oh. so i was just like hey that's something i have in common with katano interesting wait was it in korea or in america no, it was in America, yeah. yeah. No, I taught in a Title I school, so very low income. Um, lots of kids with tr- really troubled home lives. And this particular kid was an absolute jerk. But I, I taught a lot of kids um, who were absolutely wonderful as well. But this particular kid just had a lot of behavior issues. Did, so. did you stab him in the butt later? No, I didn't. Oh. Unfortunately not. Oh, he, uh, yeah, you weren't asked to come you know, run his game? Okay, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> but uh, but like, like you were saying, uh, I, do, I do think that uh, Noriko's main... Uh, other than being she is love interest, uh, uh, you know, her, her main point is the relationship with Katana, which is interesting because it's entirely created for this movie. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, you know, I guess in that, in that, in that route, I suppose she makes sense. Um, but what about um, our, our, I guess our last kind of semi-lead? Um, I always want to, Mitsuko, Mitsuko Sotma. What do you think about her? Yeah, Mitsuko. She is an interesting foil to Kiriyama. Um I remember I really like her in the book because we follow her perspective and her point of view and we really get to get a sense of her head and what's going on inside there too. Um, And I do remember I was really interested in learning all of that and reading all of that as well. Um, Yeah, she is the character who has a unbelievably tragic backstory. There is a very disturbing scene near probably the 
two-thirds of the way through the movie mark right here where she as a young child is basically sold by her mother to some old perverts um and uh she's able to get away and does she kill them like does I, she knock them down the stairs or i think it's implied that she kills them yeah well she kills my knocking down the stairs not, nothing nothing crazy but you know, she pushes down the stairs yeah, yeah, it's like an accidental death. She's trying to get away and accidentally kills him as a young child. But I do remember that. That was a pretty effective scene. Um, yeah, no, she's... I, I remember she was just... Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think she's pretty interesting as a character, yes. Mm-hmm. What, How about you? Well, you know, I, I agree. I think she's really interesting. And I think, again, like with the mother scene, when um, the guy brings Mitsuko upstairs to, you know, molest her, um, the mother's there drunk on the table. And she's like, Mitsuko, you know, be stronger than I am. You know, I, I think mm-hmm. you know, so you won't end up like me. Which again is another situation. Yeah. Which is another situation of this idea of these parents who are kind of like uh, inept, or uh, what's, what's the word where you, you, you can't do anything? Such uh, an eye. Uh, <coughs> whatever. You know, the parents are. You know, the parents fail their kids again. Uh, you know, it seems to be a theme mm-hmm. a lot of this. Um, and and then when uh, at the end, uh, when Kiriyama kills her, when she tells you know her little death slate is, uh, you know, she just wanted to not be a loser. Uh, which is interesting because she's this girl who, like, you know, the guys find attractive in the manga and the book. She has, like, a a group of girls around her, and they kind of imply that in this, that she has, like, these friends. Um, yeah, and that's what I really like about her in this <laughs> movie as well, in terms of, unlike Kiriyama, who's just a force of nature, she, like, manipulates the victim. She tries to make them think that she's on their side and then just kills them at their least expected. But, yeah, continue. Well, no, that's basically what I was going to say. Um, I do say, in in the book, there is a sweet, uh, sweet is what I was saying. There's a really nice scene. So um, at one point, um, Kitano is giving off the death counts, and um, uh, he, you cut to all these scenes, people killing people, you know, Kirama, these two girls who killed each other (laughs) trying to get this uh, life preserver. Uh, which happens in the book, and then uh, which I love. They have these little cutaways. Things happen in the book that you don't really see. Um, but one of them is Mitsuko uh, with these two naked boys <laughs> putting her clothes back on, um, and it's a really great scene in the book, essentially, uh, where she approaches these two boys, uh, and you know one of them is a fucking asshole, one of them's like, a, like an okay guy, um, and she uh, manipulates them into like, trying to have sex or something like that and killing them. Um, but the one, you know, the guy who's an asshole is like, "Yo, fuck this bitch, let's kill her." She's like, insane. The other guy like genuinely likes Mitsuko and like liked her from before and was like no she's fine she's okay and like he, you know, he ties her hands and stuff but, like you know very loosely and like you know ends up getting fucked over by her and she kind of has this regret of like oh this one guy's actually kind of nice to me but like you know can't I think I think actually um in the manga or the book I can't remember one of them the other guy shoots the nice guy accidentally kind of Mitsuko's like what the fuck because <laughs> um, mm-hmm. he shoots him trying to shoot Mitsuko essentially but he like jumps in front of her or something and she's like holy shit uh but, you know, th- that was another humanizing moment for her, which, again, was taken out of this. Makes sense uh, why it was taken out of this. Um, she also kills those two people that uh, when she goes and meets Haruno uh, in that room, the, the girl who she kills with the, um, the the first girl she gets the gun from, there's those people hanging outside. She kills both of them as well. Um, so she, she racks up quite the body count. Um, but I do feel like she, through some of her killings, you get to, like you said, kind of humanize her and kind of see more of her. Um, well, again, Kiriyama is fucking nothing. Just a, just a gun, essentially, popping around the, the map. Yeah. Um, but yeah, are there any more characters? Like, I feel like, you know, there's Miura and there's, um, uh, Hiroki Sugimura, but, like, they're not, you know, mm-hmm. in, in this, they're not right thing. So, uh, uh, Sugimura is the guy who's going around with the, um, the GPS trying to find the girl that he likes, Keiko. No, no, not Keiko. Is it Keiko? I think it was Keiko, yeah. Is it Keiko? Yeah, he's trying to find Keiko. Um, he also has this girl named, uh, Chigusa who likes him, uh, which I always watch that scene where Chigusa's running 
and like you know she has the flashback of Hiroki uh, riding next to her on the bike and being like always behind you and you're like oh what a sweet little scene and then you're like this girl's in the middle of a death game she just goes for a run through the forest <laughs> she puts on her jogging outfit and goes for a run through the forest <laughs> and Jesus Christ Chica what's wrong with you um, but I think in that in that regard she doesn't take the game seriously yeah anymore. and they actually do another character does make a reference to that just like what are you doing why are you working on your exercise regime in this situation so. I, I kind of took it as just like she wants to return to some sort of normalcy. So yeah, maybe but, yeah. just take it seriously because yeah. then when the guy points the, the bone arrow at her, she's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Um, mm-hmm. I will say that shot of her with the cut on her cheek. I think that was prior, promoted so often uh, for this film. That was of the, the scene you always see. It's even on the back of the DVD cover, which is hilarious because yep. she's very much a side character. <laughs> and but I think everyone uh, probably thinks that she's Mitsuko. Um. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> another fun fact too: that actress she went on to play Gogo in Kill Bill Volume One. Oh, really? Yep. Oh. Same actress. Did you know that the girl who made the videotape is Asuka from uh, Evangelion? Oh, no. The, Sweet. The, the girl who runs the... Uh, who, the training video? Yeah, it, it, she's Asuka from Evangelion. Oh, gotcha. Which I also love. I love that video so much. Uh, well, she also played Casca in Berserk. Interesting. Ah, look at that. That's uh, awesome. Um, yeah. Now, here's my question for you. Do you think they refilm that video every time there's a new Battle Royale? Cause, uh, uh, yeah, because it's once a year, so why not? Wait, is it once a year? And then also, too... How, yeah, how many, have, how many have there been? Okay. Uh, they don't say. Yeah, it's once a year, and um, it's in a different location every single time. So um, they will need to update it because they do display the map on the screen. So. Ah, fools. <laughs> okay, I, do you, like, here, what, you know, okay, so this movie, not really, this, this round, this Battle Royale ends, I think they said like 4.30 in the morning on the third day. Mm-hmm. Uh, how often do you think that they make it to the end like, how often do you think they kill everybody? Because that island is huge, and there were three of them left at 4.30. And, like, that was, you know, with, like, explosions and crazy mass murder in the uh, in the lighthouse that, you know, knocked out, like, six people at a time. Like, how do you think that would have... Like, I feel like most games, people can't fucking kill everybody. I feel like that's such like, a hard ask. I feel like they got to, like, come on, guys, give us some extra time. Yeah, definitely, especially since it's, um, I think it was, like, 10 kilometers by 10 kilometers altogether. The island was... Um, so yeah, that's a huge amount of time to kind of run around for, you know, a little bit. So yeah, I would say, you know, by the end of it, yeah, there was probably just everyone explodes, no winners sort of thing. <laughs> um, actually, and I will say that's one thing that we didn't, we never saw anybody blow up in this um, from the bomb, which, like, you know, we did, we saw, we saw. Uh, oh, you mean the danger zone? Yeah, we didn't say, nobody, nobody flew into the danger zone in this. Uh-huh. Um, but, um, I, I, and actually, I didn't notice it the first time. Does Shogo shoot Kiriyama in the necklace and that's what blows his head off? Yes. Okay. Yes, he okay. does. That's a, I, I didn't notice that in the past. I just remember his head blowing off and I watched this time and I was like, oh, he, he shot his, his necklace. Um, and it was just like, all over. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, in the book, there's a really cool scene where a guy is trailing um, <clears throat> Kiriyama and he's following him around basically like, I'm going to follow Kiriyama around. He's going to kill people. He'll, you know, he's a murderer. This is great. And at the very end, I'll kill Kiriyama. And Kiriyama just keeps going around, walking through these things, hops into this house, and then he hops out, and then he, and then he leaves, and the guy's like, where the fuck is he looking around? And he looks over and he sees him, and he's like, oh, fuck, he sees me. And Kiriyama's just like, eh, and walks away. And he's like, oh, he didn't kill me. And then he realizes that Kiriyama basically led him into a danger zone, and he blows up. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, yeah. That, that's the kind of scenes yeah, I want to see again. I want, like, if they ever do a remake, uh, you know, put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. On that part, too. Um one thing I do want to talk about in terms of this movie right quick, because I remember it was a cult classic for a really, really long time, is the cultural impact this movie has had on just 
you know, Western culture in general, because that's what we're familiar with. Because um, I, I do remember this was a huge cult classic for a lot of people. And when The Hunger Games came out, like I said before, a lot of people were um, saying, oh, it's just a ripoff of Battle Royale, blah, 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 blah. And now, like, you can watch this movie on Amazon Prime. They do give a warning beforehand about, you know, the violent content with it, which is not, you know, crazy compared to some other horror movies we talked about before. But, like, what do you think is the impact of this movie for the last 22 years um, on the film industry at large? I don't know. I, I, it's hard to say. Like, I don't because I feel like it didn't have that much of an impact on American film industries. I feel like we've had some ripoffs, <coughs> but I mean, I don't, I don't think there's not enough in my mind, at least, that seems like it's copying it. Like, I guess maybe the disposability of characters. I guess that might that may be one of the first movies or me I've seen where people just fucking die, um, and it's just like boom. Like you know, like I feel like. You don't see that very often in movies. I mean, again, that's why a lot of people were kind of shocked with the uh, Illuminati thing. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I don't, I don't know if that really affected America as much. I know that, you know, I think it was kind of repressed here to a degree. I think it was <coughs> kind of pushed into the anime subculture a bit. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure, other than the fact that we never got that yeah. remake. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I definitely think there would have been a market for that one. I think probably it would have just gone the way of the Ghost of the Shell remake with Scarlett Johansson or something like that. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm sure it wouldn't be as bad. Um, I'm, yeah, about that level, probably badness. Uh, like I said, this is just a very uniquely Japanese movie, and I think that's one of the big things, especially now that there's a million Battle Royale movies and pieces of media out there, that this is that's the one thing that makes it a little bit unique on that front. Yeah, I want to think, you know, it's going to be one of those ones where it's always the first, you know, to a degree. Mm-hmm. Like, I think a remake could work, but I think <clears throat> maybe remake's the wrong term, but maybe like a sequel where America takes on the BR program. Uh, and like, you know, I think, I think that that, I think that that, I think that's the thing is that like, you know, different countries can easily make adaptations of this and just have it be in their country um, and then have their own, you know, put their own messaging into it. Uh, you know, kind of like what I think Cube should have been. I mean, Cube kind of was, you know, the Cube remake. They, they, <laughs> yeah. they did kind of bring that, that elder versus youth fight um, into it a little bit. <clears throat> um, so I think, Yeah, that's the only thing is because the, just the elder versus the youth, that, that's just, it, it's not a uniquely Japanese mm. thing, but it's, it's in the context of this film, you, you can tell where the cultural divide is coming on in from, and it's all based on respect, basically. And, you know, the elders are not feeling like the younger generation is respecting them, and the younger generation feels like the older generation is repressing them, which is true to an extent over in Japan, definitely. But it's, um, yeah, there's a, big, there's a big cultural difference between that and then another country. Well, I think I think we do, we do pretty well here, like, in terms of, like, you know, kids, like, you know, even kids' obsession with Battle Royale-type games, like Fortnite and shit, and kids not, you know, like... Oh, my God, okay, okay, no. <laughs> a picture, like, a kid, you know, if we do an American remake, um, you know, just, like, uh, a kid coming on, and he's just, like, raised on PUBG and Fortnite and everything like that, and, you know, after he leaves the room, he's just like, I thank the bus driver, ha, 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 and he's just, like, the annoying comic relief. I can see it right now. That's what I think. Would have. I think. I think if they remade it in it now, they'd have to take the hunt because the hunt. You know, the hunt was that. The hunt was classist, kind of like um, about like super far left people essentially hunting super far right people, <coughs> like a very like you know inspired by that Hillary Clinton like you know deplorables thing. Like great movie. Um, but I think that they, making this kind of a joke with that would be great because that would be that's what it could be because like now and then you know all those TikTok challenges. And all these stupid things where they're destroying bathrooms, they're like, you know, hitting a teacher, slap a teacher, like all that shit. 
fuck yeah, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that movie about the teachers being like, you know what, fuck you guys. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and again, I think, you know, you could have the good students. Um, and, you know, it could be common on internet culture because they don't take away their phones and shit. Um, and, you know, and, like, you know, even make it kind of like celebrity, you know, internet celebrities. Like, you know, what a great way to open it. Maybe have like, I don't know, like Logan Paul or somebody like running through the field and be like, oh, look, guys, my followers. And get, like shot, <laughs> like off the side. Like, amazing. Um, I would love that. Um, yeah, and I think the biggest thing with an American remake, too, would just be the, um, uh, the display of it, the media blitz of it, because you, you know that's going to be live streams. It, it's going to be a whole event, like a sporting event, basically. Yeah. And I feel like the Hunger Games kind of took the thunder from that already. I think that angle, if we did a Western adaptation of this, would be uh, that aspect. Well, the Battle Royale manga, I think, mentioned at one point that it was being televised to a degree. Um, oh, so okay, that, gotcha. I, I believe that was an element of it. Towards the end, you kind of learned that. Um, but I think I think I could be out the Hunger Games because it'd be more raw. Because think about the Hunger Games. The Hunger Games are the shitty Battle Royale. It was so dumb. Yeah. Like the first one wasn't great. The second one interrupted the, the Battle Royale halfway through, and that was dumb. Um, like you know, I think that's what you do. You don't if you put a love story. The one thing I, I will say is the love story in this one isn't super in your face. Like you said, it's almost semi platonic, um, and that that's part of the strength of the movie. Because holy shit, is the Peta and fucking Katniss thing dumb as fuck in that movie? Um, these two people <laughs> who never fucking talk to each other have a romance, to a degree. And like it makes so much more sense in this one, where it's people again who've never fucking talked to each other. The girl likes him, but he's like, I don't know, I'm just gonna try to protect you and help you out. And they don't fall in love by the end because it's been fucking two and a half days. Like, mm-hmm. oh look at that. <laughs> um, like, they're like that's that seems appropriate. Um, so I, I, you know, I think a, an American adaptation could work really well. And again, I think it's just with our modern culture of gun violence, it's kind of awkward. Um, you know, it's a very weird time um, to be showing kids shooting each other, unfortunately. Yeah, um, I think a decade ago would have been the time for an re- American remake to come out, but definitely not now. No. Well, not even, no, because a de- decade um, ago is Columbine, right? That, that's when that happened, or two decades ago, I guess the point. Yeah, um, yeah, but I don't feel like it's become normalized. It wasn't as normalized as it is now. Yeah. So. Though, you know, I will say, the, the American remake, you know, the end when they, when they, uh, when they kill... Uh, Whoever the surrogate um, Kikitano is, I'm trying to think who the surrogate Bill Murray. Get Bill Murray in there mm-hmm. um, <laughs> when they shoot Bill Murray. They're like, they're like, okay, Boomer, and they'll shoot him. And that's how that's how they'll get rid of him. <laughs> they'll be wearing they'll be wearing a Bernie shirt and they're like, okay, Boomer, boom. Uh, <laughs> that will be that will be that that'll be the, that'll be how they get rid of uh, Bill Murray. Um, that'll be that'll, or, you know that'll be great. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think American adaptation could work. Uh, I think that they're they're. For all the reasons, like, and again, that, that's kind of like, um, <coughs> part of when we were talking about this, I think we, you know, we delayed it because of the um, uh, Uvalde uh, shooting. Um, and I was thinking about how it kind of applies, because, like, in the end, you know, it, it's a, it's a uh, kids who are betrayed, more or less, or thrown in the bus by the government, because, you know, they mentioned that kids, kids are acting up. I think in the book, in the manga, they also mentioned it might be a population control, um, <coughs> and also to get people to live in fear. Um, the the government in the book and the manga is presented as a very uh, authoritarian yeah authoritarian government yeah where people get like fucked up by the police all the time and this is like a way to enforce that. like we're gonna take your kids and make them kill each other fuck you guys um, and I think that uh, you know to kind of tie that to what's going on now like you know obviously take, take away women's birthing rights and all this stuff is insane um, but <clears throat> the lack of action on this gun control um, and the uh, preservation of this ability to obtain a weapon you know and people talk about like you know you're you know you're you're making us have kids so they can die in a classroom essentially um you know that, that's kind of i think relatable to 
the battle royale scenario where these, these kids are thrown under, under the bus or are used as a bargaining chip or are caught in the middle of this political game uh, and are dying as a result. So I think that, that really does kind of tie to it, um, <coughs> which I I like. Uh, not I like, you know, it's a interesting thing to tie to. Um, but uh, the, the only other thing... Yeah. I want, oh, sorry, yeah? No, go ahead. I'm just going with you. <laughs> the, the only other thing that I, I really like about this... Um, uh, movie and the book and the game and the game I'm talking about oh my god a game uh, no the movie the book <laughs> and the manga uh, is the focus as we said on the characters but on the fact that every time a character is killed it says their name which is a fun little thing but it's also like again reminding you that this person is dead which I think is like an important reaction to um, not reaction obviously because it came out before but uh, <laughs> I think to think about when we think about uh, like news reports and stuff of highlighting these people as not just victims but as people and like mm-hmm. again, what this thing does is this is that this is like it's a quote unquote fun story, but it's a tragedy. And all these characters who die are named characters. They're not just a body count. Um, even the ones who get hung off screen, they're named. Um, I think that's like an important kind of reflection on like the violence that happens in our in our society. Like you know, these people who die are names. They have people. They have backgrounds. And the, the book does so well is it highlights these people's histories and who they are. So when they die, it's like it's a loss. Yeah. And also, too, I, I think one of the most effective pieces of this movie is it starts off um, after the introduction of what the um, whole Battle Royale program is about and everything like that. It shows a class picture of every single one of the kids back and forth. And then that is the final shot as well during the credits as they go on through and then they go back through the class picture one by one. Um, and I thought that was a very nice way to humanize everybody Um as a bookend because these all were students in the same class together and this is what they did and you know they spent an entire year together basically so yeah i agree with you there i think this movie does a very very good job of making sure that the characters are distinct unique and aside from kiriyama honestly um everyone there is not there just to further the plots they're they're an actual individual hmm yeah, and again, it's just, I mean, yeah, that not only in the book is that helpful, but it's also, again, I mean, helpful in remembering a society when these shootings happen, that, you know, remember the people who died. Um, but no, I, I that, that that to me is something that really kind of stuck out, and I'm like, why, well, again, why this is so powerful? Is that, like, it really hones in on the fact that these, not like, even Kiriyama is not a, like, again, in this one, he's a little bit more of a villain, but he's not. Like, you know, he's put into a game where this is the game, where everybody's going to die anyway. If he, if, he, if he didn't play the game, you know, he's still put in a situation where everybody would die. Um so, you know, I like that element. Uh, I like that, uh, you know, that I think that's really important the way that they do that. It's not it's not just a gimmick for, the for you know, to watch. Because the book does the same thing. The book tells you when kids die in the same way. And I, I think that's really important uh, and impactful. Um, Agreed. Sorry, my, my throat. I, I think my COVID is starting. <laughs> I, I don't know if you can tell, but my throat is like... Not not working very well. Dying anyway. right now. <laughs> um, well, let me jump on over to a few scenes I felt were really yeah. effective on this point, too, unless this is a topic you want me to no, discuss. No, go for it. Go for it. it. Uh, yeah, no, so definitely. Um, just going on through the movie real quick, there are a couple scenes that really, really stuck out to me. And just going on back, there were scenes that I were like, I was really well done. Because this movie, it, it, there is an edge to comedy to it, back and forth. Is it, it, I think that kind of stems with the surrealism in a lot of this, because... It is adjacent, you know, it's basically a 1984 society where it realistically, yeah, it is possible that this situation could happen or develop at some point in the future, but at the same time, too, um, you know, obviously it's removed from our current day presence. 
but going on through this one real quick, um, I do think the lighthouse scene is very effective in terms of when um, Shuya wakes up after a battle with Kiriyama. And um, basically, there's a group of girls together who are all friends, and they decided, you know what, we're going to go ahead and wait this out. We're going to start a little own society here in the lighthouse. We'll cook meals for each other, that sort of thing, back and forth, and just have a grand old time. And um, eventually, like, Kiriyama doesn't come, nobody comes and kills them all. It's just suspicion that basically gets them all killed because one of the girls feels that Shuya is going to kill them all. So she poisons um, him and then just hijinks happen, accidents happen, and somebody else eats that poison. And then they basically all turn on each other. I, th I thought that was a really good scene of paranoia and deflecting back and forth. And I remember that was the one scene that everyone was just like, okay, this is the worst part of the movie. That in the opening, you know, when Katana was telling about everything. Um, and that's when uh, Nobu and uh, the other girl die as well. So, mm. uh, but yeah, I thought that was a very effective scene. I'm trying to think what else to... The opening scene in terms of, like, the one I just mentioned right here, where they're explaining the rules of the game, I thought that was a really great way to develop tension back and forth. Um, to, 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 to... Yeah, and I just, again, I just, I, I love everything with Katano. Yeah. <laughs> there, he's such a fun character. I, I, I just love at the very ends where they have the final confrontation and his gun is just a water gun. <laughs> it's just like, it's just fucking with them. I, I, I love it. Mm. He's, this movie, the movie does a great job in just making him an interesting character. And that's one thing where I felt the book and the manga especially kind of, failed on in that one they're just either a sadist or a sociopath for whatever reason and they're not particularly interesting characters they're just an antagonist this one i felt there was a lot more nuance to it and i really really did enjoy that mm. so what i will say so you mentioned things like nuclear nuance i i think i noticed in this which i really liked um <coughs> kind of many things that were added like, i love the scene so like when, when they're first going on the bus um on the bus for school field trip and they start driving by all these um army officers I love the teacher looks and it's like, what the fuck is going on? Because the, te the mm -hmm. teacher in this basically doesn't want them to be in the, you know, the, te the teacher is, you know, a good person. He doesn't want them to be part of this. Um, <coughs> so he yeah, gets he killed. gets killed because he doesn't want them to be selected for this game. So he tries to stop it and that's, he gets killed for it. Yeah, I, I love that little fact having him look over and you see that he's trying to figure it out. You're like, oh, fuck. Um, but I also love like another kind of brilliant little thing they do is when everybody gets their bags, you learn about their character. Um, and Oki, this guy gets the axe in the head later. He runs forward, stumbles, drops his bag, like falls over, which is how he dies. <laughs> so I, I, I love there's like a few characters like that who like you'll see the way they get their shit, and it's basically like exactly how they die essentially. Um, it's great. Um, those little touches that like the director, you know, def definitely weren't in the script, but the director kind of like put them together, which is awesome. <laughs> um, I don't any other good elements. I, I love like the scenes of just like Shuya and um, Kawada and them hanging out. Um, I think that like you know they're nice little scenes where they're talking about their lives and like you know obviously it's like super cheesy and talks about Keiko uh, I, I just love how Shoko was always just like yeah my dad was a doctor yeah my dad was a chef yeah my dad was a fisherman <laughs> I thought that was a great way to kind of bring some levity to the scenes and just a little bit of humor on that front too and I think in the book it really does say like he really the, really really was a doctor yeah but yeah was in the manga you get you see these flashbacks of him as a doctor it's interesting, too, because you actually get a background on him and Keiko, too. And how Keiko, like, basically he was kind of like a soulless guy to begin with. And Keiko was, like, trying to make him, like, a nicer person. 
um, like, you know, in their relationship. Uh, so that, that was interesting. Um, uh, and, and I do like, I think that's super cheesy and dumb, but like, like you know, the basketball uh, scene, <laughs> I always thought it interesting because like, and it shows them all working as a team or cheering each other on. Um, and I thought that was, you know, like a nice thing to keep coming to to get, because, like, you know, in the middle of all these people killing each other, you're flashing back to the scene as them, as, like, you know, the class as a team, uh, you know. And I thought that was like a really, you know, a, a nice kind of juxtaposition to keep reminding you that, oh, yeah, like, they, these kids aren't just murderers. You know, they, they were students. They did have a life before this. They were all kind of friends to a degree. Or, you know, even if they're not friends, they, you know, they knew each other. Um, I thought it was really nice about that. Not nice, but, again, like, a kind of sad scene is, the, you know, when you watch the extent or the cut scenes at the end, uh, it shows Mitsuko uh, after everyone celebrating because they win the game. They're all hopping around. You see Mitsuko in the back just turn around and walk away because she doesn't get to join in. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking depressing as hell. <laughs> like, God, yeah, this girl's so yeah. fucked up. <laughs> uh, but again, it's, it's great, great character development in those, in that, in those like extra scenes. Um, mm-hmm. the, I will say, fucking Nobu's, uh, Yoshitoki Kuni Nobu's uh, freaking basketball, reverse playback basketball, where he's like, hey, Shuya, protect uh, Noriko. Bye. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. <laughs> like, such an awkward <laughs> fucking scene. Um, yeah, that's the other thing too. It's just like going back and watching this movie again. I the acting I wouldn't say is good, but it's effective. Like it's just bad enough to be convincing. If, if that's a good, yeah. not, not even convincing, just entertaining, just entertaining. So it it is like some of them are good, some of them are not so good. Like Kiriyama does good with what he's been given. Mm. Um, Shogo is not too bad either, but. There are so many like lines, and I wonder if it's just a translation issue that kind of comes off awkward. Hmm. Um, speaking of which, did you watch this movie again, the original Japanese version, or did you try and watch it streaming? Oh, no, I know. I, I, I almost watched the dub at one point because I saw it was streaming, but I owned it on Blu-ray. I think I was, I was on uh, my gotcha. treadmill, and I was like, I don't have access to the Blu-ray player, so I tried watching it on Amazon, and it was dubbed. I was like, fuck no. So I went upstairs yes, to the Blu-ray. Yes, yes, I, <laughs> <laughs> I did the exact same thing. I started watching it on Amazon, and I was just like, oh, it's dubbed. Okay, crap. Can I switch over to subs? Oh, nope. they don't offer the, you know, that audio track. Crap. So I had to go. I think I ended up at, like, uh, the Roku channel or something like that I watched it on. Oh, so. there you go. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that one does have the dub. But, yeah, it was... <laughs> I was just like, no, we're not doing that. Oh, did you watch it, the dub? Was not very good. Did you watch the scene? So, did you watch all the requiems at the end, the the, the little mini videos? Yes. Um, so, did you watch the watch the one with um, uh, the ice cream and uh, the Riverside? Yeah, one? yeah. So, okay. So, what does um, what does Frick my mind is blinking on his name right now? Uh, Kitano? Yes. What, what does Kitana say to Noriko after she tells him that she kept the knife that Yoshitoki stabbed him with? I honestly don't know. I don't remember. So what do you think? Well, so on the original, um, on the original shitty, you know, uh, bootleg I owned, what he says to her is, "What do you expect me to say to that?" Because she's like, "I have this knife. It's our secret." And he's like, "What am I supposed to say to that?" <laughs> which I love because he's like you know it makes sense she's like oh look at this cute thing and he's like you have the knife that I stabbed in the ass with what the fuck um, <laughs> but then in the Blu-ray official anchor release that I have he says like what do you think an adult should tell a child right now mm-hmm. and which I think is a little bit more different because and again I don't only like it doesn't 
in the way the subtitles read to me this time, it didn't feel like it was a direct response to her, but more just kind of like, what do I say to you? Like, you know, what... Like He's kind of talking to himself. Yeah, he's like... Just like, to the void. Yeah, like, what do you say to kids these days, essentially? Like, oh, hey, you have a knife that I stabbed with. That's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Like, what do I say to you about this? Like, what do I say about what's going on? Um, I, I don't know. It, it, it hit differently. Again, it hit, it hit differently and hit to, to me of this new idea of Kitano as, like, a reluctant, you know, a, a failed teacher who misses that, you know, who wanted that and wanted to be good. And, like, this is where he kind of ended up, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he got beaten down. Like, he had dreams. He had ideas of what to do. And then he realized that, you know, it's just not sustainable in this uh, current society. So Yeah, exactly. Um, which I will say, another thing that's interesting, um, so when we get the... Uh, the dad scene, so we get the, the second, the dad in the pizza place, I think it's pizza place, it looks fun to me, um, where uh, he tells um, Shuya to, you know, let's go, let's go to a different place. Um, that That's when Shuya's dying, which I thought was really interesting. So Shuya's like, you know, after he gets shot by um, uh, Kiriyama, after the shit at the lighthouse goes down, he's cl- he's making his way back to Noriko, and um, he falls down, and you get this flashback of him and his dad, and his dad saying how he got fucked over, and his job... He got fired by his job. Nobody likes him. But hey, you just uh, finished uh, seventh grade. You're going to seventh grade. Congratulations. You know, we'll get whatever you want. This is totally, you know, he's trying to celebrate for him. Um, and then basically he panics and people keep asking, you know, what he wants. So he's like, you know, uh, he's kind of overwhelmed and he's like, let's get out of here. Which I kind of took like, as an interpretation of maybe he's saying like, move on, like die essentially. Like, hey, this world fucking sucks. Like, you know, he's in his mind remembering the this this scene of his dad, but it's kind of like him saying to like, move on. And then he gets, and then immediately fall, that follows up with um, time rewinding and uh, Nobu catches the basketball and says like, hey, I need you to protect her. When it kind of calls him back to life. Like, I don't know. Did you interpret it that way? I wasn't sure. And, like, that's that's kind of why I interpreted Yeah, that's this. kind of how, yeah, I kind of interpreted it that way too. Because I remember when I first watched those scenes, I didn't really get them and I thought they were kind of obtrusive, but like watching them now, I really feel like they have a lot more meaning, which again is showing, I think, really you know, the quality of the movie that this is, that as a kid I appreciated it one way, and as an adult I'm like, oh, wow, there's, like, meaning behind this. Holy shit. Which <laughs> uh, is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, gotcha. So, yeah, I can't think of any more really highlights. I think, you know, I think you got them all there. Um, you know, my my one question for you, Dan, that I wanted to ask, uh, what would you do in a situation like Battle Royale? <laughs> Middle school, Dan. Yeah, that's the one thing that, yeah, I, I, so... Middle school Dan, when he watched this movie, I do distinctly have a memory where I was talking with my friends about it, and I was just like, what would I do in this situation? And I would probably do the jump off the cliff uh, like the lovers did, or I would try and hack them. And of course, now that I'm 34 years old, I realize I know I, I, I absolutely could not hack them because I am not a 13-year-old who has all the um, confidence in the world. <laughs> But uh, yeah, honestly, I would just refuse to play. I would be like, you know, I'm, nope, not doing this, not doing this. I'm going to go ahead, chill out, do my own thing for a little bit, and then probably off myself near the end of it. What about you? Yeah, I'd probably be in the same boat. I feel like I, I, I'd either be in the off myself group or the like like what um, uh, Yuki and them did, kind of be like, yeah, let's just like hang out, guys, and like not play this game. But then I'd probably be really afraid that everyone's going to kill me. I'd be like, oh, fuck, he's going to, you know, I'd be like, this guy's cutting vegetables, he's going to fucking kill me. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I would, I would like, let's just not go run away and hide. Um, I don't know, I feel like I just, I would just try to hide forever. And, you know, maybe, maybe you live, maybe, you know, you know maybe you're one of the last ones, who knows. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> just, just by default, just being like, it's like the always sunny uh, thing with uh, Frank Reynolds as the trash man in the wrestling where he just kind of stands around and then raises his hands and everyone cheers <laughs> and he, does, he doesn't realize that he won. 
He's been like, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm the last person. All right, cool. All right, awesome. Yay, go me. <laughs> I mean, wow, what great strategy you had. <laughs> yes, totally. It was that thing right there. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, maybe, like, maybe if you saw, maybe if you, like, took that route of hiding and then you saw somebody kills another, you're like, all right, that guy, that person can die. They killed that person, so thusly they can be killed. You know, like, point in their favor of being killed. Maybe, you know, maybe that's what I could do. I could wait around a bit. Um, <laughs> but I, I was thinking, which is like, so, you know, uh, so part of the plot of this is that they're all given, like, a bag with a random weapon in it. Um, and in the book, I I know that Shuya gets a knife or Noriko gets a knife. I don't think, I don't think, I, don't, I, don't, I think that they have actual weapons. I don't think, I don't think it's a, a pot lid and a uh, pair of binoculars. But I kept thinking to myself, like, yo, what if that those weren't their weapons? And, like, they just fucking didn't dig deep enough in their bags. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, she's like, I got a pair of binoculars. And, and like, later on, he finds something else. And they're like, oh, you, have the, you got the weapon, too. And he's like, no, this wasn't a weapon. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, she reached in there, there's, like, a gun in there. Because, <laughs> like, what a, like, because, you know, they talk about weapons specifically. And, like, none of these are weapons. Mm-hmm. Like, the only one I can see that, like, is a semi-weapon but not a weapon is, um, is the GPS. That one makes sense, because that is a weapon in knowing yeah. where people are. Uh, but, like, come on. Like, because they're like, oh, it's going to be fair. We're going to give them randomly. That's not, it's not fair. It's not fair at all. <laughs> give everybody the same weapon. Come on. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely, too. One interesting fact about this film that I wanted to bring up, and I just really haven't had a chance to interject yet. Um, do you know where the director got the idea for this one? The director or the... I mean, the writer. Uh, the why he chose to no why he chose to direct this movie. He really didn't like his nephew. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so the director uh, Kinji Fukusaku, uh, who's actually really really prolific, prolific uh, director. He directed the uh, Japanese portion of Tora Tora Tora, which is a very famous uh, Pearl Harbor movie. If you haven't seen that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, he uh, was working during World War II in a munitions factory um, as a young boy. And when it was bombarded, um, basically, they had to cover under each other. They tried to use each other as cover for basically the debris and everything like that. And he distinctly recalls a memory where he, when he was using you know, his friends as cover, when he was just thinking to himself, oh, maybe the Japanese government is lying to me in terms of how the war is going and everything like that. No. So he kind of saw parallels to that when he read the book, and he was just like, okay. And then he decided to adapt it on that front right there. Oh. So I just thought that was an interesting anecdote. That is interesting, yeah. Like, it's, it's depressing, too. Uh, but Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> book. All right. Uh, you have seen the sequel? What are your thoughts on the sequel? Uh, I've seen the sequel. The I saw it, like, probably a decade ago. The only things I remember about it are the premise where, basically, they have this weird thing where like you're partnered up and if your partner dies then you die too um and i remember like two-thirds of the main cast being killed off in like the first 20 minutes um yeah i don't remember any of the characters whatsoever and i remember the teacher stand in like jumping on an exploding football or something like that yeah because he, he's all <laughs> for some reason there's a big thing of rugby in that movie and i don't know why yeah uh, but he, yeah he wore a rugby outfit he ran in and like jumped on I don't know why he jumped on it, but it was like a big thing. Um, but yeah, yeah, he was sacrificing himself for something or other. I remember that was really weird. I was just like, uh, okay, but all like, right. would, I can't remember if he did that to be on their side. I think he had a collar on too. I think he was in the game. We learned that he also had a collar on. Um, uh, but yeah, because the second one, the plot is basically that Shuya uh, and uh, Kate uh, Noriko, uh, Noriko team up with that girl from the first one who wins the first game, and a bunch of other kids, and basically they declare a war on adults, which is a mistake. Uh, I mean, what a dumbass fucking choice. Um, so they, so they, they basically team up, 
and they're, they're basically terrorists. And the first thing they do is they blow up that tower in Tokyo, which everybody complained between the two towers, or twin towers, which very similar to that, and the two towers, oh my god. Um, but, um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people were complaining about that. Remember that? Everyone's like, oh my god, look, it's a, it's a, it's about 9-11. I'm like, no, guys, it's a fucking building in Japan, you fucking idiots. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then, so basically they get this group of kids, and like you said, they have them like, linked to each other, where one of them dies, the other one dies for some fucking reason. Um, they send this group of kids in to go and stop Shuya's group, and Shuya's group has, like, mine and shit set up, and they don't know their other, their other kids in Battle Royale, so they're shooting at them and shit. It's really dumb, and I think, like, everybody dies. Like, does Shuya die at the end? No, Shuya... No, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause, and, and then I remember Akimedia, or, uh... Fuck, what's her name? Uh, so even though the actress's name, for some reason, uh, from Noriko, uh, appears at the very, very end, but isn't in the rest of the movie, because I think she's actually a pop star at that yeah, point. Yeah, I do remember she was a camera. No, I remember the very end, they're, like, in Afghanistan or something. Yes, yes. And, like, it's a very, it's a very continue-the-fight sort of thing. Yeah, I thought that was a mistake. I think the thing that would have been interesting if they wanted to do that is have, like, if they want to change it up a bit, is have it be a class versus another class. So don't have it be Battle Royale of one person versus another. Have it be class versus class. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be really interesting. And, you know, if they want a rallying cry of some sort, have them maybe on point be like, now kill you. Now now it's just one left after you guys, you know, decimate half the people or whatever. That'd be cool. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, that, that was a really dumb sequel. Um, yeah. Though I do remember the rugby guy being kind of funny. Uh, but uh, that's about it and I don't know I don't know why rugby he's is not Chicago that's for sure no. but I think he is another comedian yeah. though. I think he was um, but you know yeah like you said nothing compared it would have been funny if they got the other guy from uh, uh, Takashi's Castle <laughs> got him to do it that'd be amazing <laughs> right you are Ken and it's like most and then like, you know boulders fall on them and shit and like yeah. <laughs> that'd be amazing um God, I love Takashi's Castle. It's so good. Just most extreme elimination challenge. Oh, it's so good. I, God. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, definitely. I'll have to send you over the video on the um, Takashi's Challenge uh, video game because it's just, it's insane. It's great. It sounds amazing. I, I want them to remake it right now. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Well, any final thoughts on Battle Royale? No, you know, like, you know, I think like we both said, we both love it. So if you haven't seen it, go see it. It's definitely worth it. Yeah, it is. It is an absolute cult classic. And I, I, I do feel it's influenced a lot of movies that have come on out, including The Hunger Games. I would be very surprised if Susan Callens didn't have some inspiration for The Hunger Games. From this. Well, she 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 pretty um, adamantly claimed she didn't. We actually got the producer of the film. Um, I think it was the producer. Maybe it was the director. Came to our college at, uh, at UVM. Um, and apparently really? somebody even asked him and was like, hey, like, you know, what was inspired by a battle royale? Like, there's one of the premieres of the movie and they asked him about it and uh, <laughs> he said that they'd never heard of it and the next day in my film class, my professor was like, bullshit. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's no, like I... either that's bullshit or you're the most irresponsible person on earth because if you fucking told anything about your book, they'd be like, oh, it's like battle royale and you should have watched it and then like thought about it. <laughs> he... Yeah, and it's it's not, I mean, it's a concept. It's not like it's a bad thing no. that I took inspiration from it. I, I like the Hunger Games too, but it's just like, yeah, own up to it. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. We all take it. They're very different. It's not like, yeah, it's not like anybody's saying, uh-huh. oh, this is like that, so it's bad. They're just saying it's very much like that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Yeah, uh, so, right, cool. and then so for, the, um, and also, uh, you know, I also want to recommend the book. The book is great. Apparently, so I have the original translation that was released in America. I guess they, they recently did another translation of it. Uh, I guess. Is that the one with the red cover? So, when I, yeah, the one I, the one oh, I have is, is the red cover. Uh, we're on the on okay. the side of it. Um, <laughs> you see, like Shuya and Noriko standing, and there's like a gun between them. Um, this new one yes, has yes, like I had that one too. The new one has like a manga, like you know, like, like a anime manga drawing on it of all the characters like fighting. Um, it looks pretty interesting. I'm, I'm tempted to pick it up. 
the I bought something called the Battle Royale Slam Book, and it's basically this thing about essays I mentioned, which is fucking dumb. Uh, but it has it has art from the new cover on it. So, uh, but I've heard that I guess like they they did okay. it because they found the original translation like problematic and awkward. Um, I do remember that. Yeah. Did they take out Bruce Springsteen though? I hope not. Uh, God, I hope not either. Tramps like us, maybe we were born to run. And again, running. Oh, what a great, what a, what a theme, what a theme, right? That's what, that's what she says at the end, run, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> that is true. Oh, speaking of which, no, I do have to go ahead and geek out about this one too. Um, the closing song. Oh, um, Dragon Ash? What do you think of that one in the movie? I fucking love Dragon Ash, it's so good. Oh, Dragon, yes! Oh my God, I didn't realize you were into Dragon Ash too. I love Dragon <laughs> Ash. And this was the movie that introduced me to them. Yeah, yeah they put out some bangers. Fuck yeah. Like they are, they are still active. They're still making stuff. I follow them on social media. They are, they are an amazing band. I love them. No, they're they're so good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, you know, not, and it's funny though because they have they have they have this great song, but throughout the entire movie, it's all this classical music. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but no, it's such a good song, and I feel like it's like it's very like mellow. I feel like it's I think like it's kind of what you need at the end of this movie. Uh, yeah, and it's it's basically kind of goes along. The lyrics go along with the themes at the very end of the movie are basically just like life's tough, but you have to keep fighting anyway. Mm-hmm. That's basically what the lyrics go down to, and it's a really nice song. So I really like it. Yeah, they, they see on my my mini iPod that I had back in the day that like can play twelve songs. That was on there. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a YouTube um, live version of it somewhere oh. where they have a saxophone in there, and it's fantastic. Oh shit, I'll check that out. Yeah, they have a saxophone, and there's a guy like um, break dancing on there of stage two. It's great. <laughs> what? That's that's. I, I wish it was Kitano. <laughs> <laughs> he would. He's got that man has had a career. He's done directing like yakuza movies, and he's been comedian. He's done game shows, and he's done this like. I mean, is that at all? Dude. Uh, another really good movie he started in, uh, Kiku Jiro. Have you ever seen that one? Uh, I'm not, I, I have seen, I've seen him in a movie where he was like a corrupt cop. I can't remember what it was, though. Uh, 17, probably, or Hanabi, maybe. Uh, no, Kiku Jiro is uh, more family-friendly. It's almost like Ghibli-esque, where basically it's about a child who wants to find his biological father or something like that. So it's very much a old man slash, you know, young child traveling road trip sort of thing. Um, but uh, Joe Hitachi does the music for that one, the same guy who did up most of the Studio Ghibli soundtracks, and it's it's a really good soundtrack. But oh. it's a fun movie, so oh. I would recommend that one for a less little lighthearted one, like on Tortoro level of lightheartedness. Oh, I'll definitely check it out. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun one. Awesome. And then, so I know that oh, cool. you you mentioned, uh, and I haven't had a chance to look at it yet. Um, that somebody messaged us about a movie they wanted us to review. Yeah, definitely. So uh, Nathan did message us on Facebook. Uh, please, yeah, do go ahead. If you have any movies that uh, you want us to uh, go ahead and take a look at, uh, please go ahead and let us know, especially if it's something obscure that you've never heard anyone talk about before. We'd love to take a look at it and kind of uh, figure that out real quick. I need to do a little bit more research and like you know make sure we can actually find it and watch it beforehand too. But uh, thank you so much, Nathan, for reaching out to us and giving that a shout out. That's fantastic. We hope to have you listen to the next couple as well. And uh, speaking of which, uh, thank you so much to our opening theme song. That is Teddy's Atlas with the horror, the song horror movie story. <laughs> you can get them off the album Children of the Corn. They're good, good Canadian boys. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see what else we going on. Anything else going on in the horror world? Uh, I mean, right now, you know, Prey again is coming out. Uh, actually, it's not. It's not uh, August 9th. It's, <laughs> it's, it's earlier than that. It's August. I realized after we got the episode, I think it's August sixth, possibly. So a little bit earlier. Oh fuck! I know. I, I was. I was a. Uh, terrible person um so that's <laughs> happening uh i'm trying to think of any other horror things i've heard uh i guess you know nev campbell is not coming back for the next screen movie who cares 
you know, not that I want to see the new Scream movie, but I don't think Nev Campbell's that important. I think she, I think kind of like Sigourney I Weaver, think, I, I, don't think her her, char- I don't need her back. <laughs> yeah, her character arc has gone through at this point. So yeah, I, I, I'd rather do the passing of the torch to the next one real quick. Um, I read the uh, Crossed comic book series. I finished that up. Oh, wait. You, They're trash. You, don't read them. What, what, what are they? <laughs> you mentioned that. You, you asked me about those. I don't want to sure we are talking about. Yeah, yeah. So it... it I don't know how I stumbled across them at some point, but basically they're Garthenius. You know who Garthenius is, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So he is one of those. He's he's like the definition of tryhard. Uh, he wrote the original comic book series of the boys, which was then turned into a much much better TV <laughs> show. Um, but yeah, no. It, apparently, someone said the most Garthenius at the most Garthenius is crossed. Mm-hmm. And it's basically the concept is um, it is a another zombie uh, infestation sort of thing where, you know, post-apocalyptic. Um, it's an anthology series, so it focuses on different survivors, either right on the zombie day or whether it's like a month, a year from now, and basically how they deal with the fallout and that sort of thing, too. Um but yeah, the, the big difference is these crossed, which are the synonym for zombies, they develop like this cross scab on their faces. And instead of turning into like, you know, beating brains or something like that, they basically take their homicidal tendencies up to 11 and they basically just rape, murder, and be as depraved as possible with their victims. Oh. And it is, yeah, it, it, it's a really messed up comic. I would not recommend it unless you're like curious to see how terrible it gets. Because it's like, it's not entertaining either. Mm. It's not a well-written comic. It's not very good. There were a few stories that was just like, huh, it's okay, but... I don't know. It was just kind of like a train wreck. I just kept like reading it. I was just like, okay, let's let's keep seeing where this goes. Um, if you watch the new Taiwanese horror movie, The Sadness, it's basically the same concept. Oh, so I heard good things about The Sadness yeah. though. Maybe that was from you. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I, I think I mentioned it. It was it was it was an okay watch. Uh, the gore there was a lot of gore. Um, it was honestly more of a comedy than anything else. Like it was a very dark comedy. It was just so over the top at some points. Um, but yeah, the sadness, I would say, if you're looking for like a really hardcore zombie movie, you, you could do better. Okay. Uh, I mean, you, you, you could, uh, yeah, it, it's fine for that purpose. So, uh, but yeah, they have very similar concepts on that point right there. Hmm. Uh, other than that, I'm trying to think what else has been going on in the horror movie world. I feel like I need to get back into reading Blade Disgusting because I've really kind of fallen out of it. Yeah, no, I try and follow up with the uh, horror subreddits, which they call Dreaded. Yeah, that's awesome. I love. Uh, yes, that's that right there. Um, hearing good things about Mad God. Oh yeah, that that it's because it's um it's Phil Tippett, right? Who did he, he did uh, um yeah. he did all those uh, stop motion animations? He did because he also did did he do the ones for um Army of Darkness in them? Possibly. I think yeah. he may have, but uh, yeah, no, that looks really interesting. I'm I'm very curious to see that. I think it's on uh, Showtime. What was it on? Uh, Shutter. Shutter. There, it's on Shutter. Shutter. Okay. I'll. I'll uh-huh. I'll, I'll use another freak child that they'll give me, and I'll, I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, that, that's All right, awesome. sounds good. All right, cool. Yeah, well, maybe we'll do an episode on yeah, that. Yeah, and also, we'll you see. know, next next week uh, is the new Thor movie. Uh, hopefully it won't require a uh, primitive screwheads don't talk horror. It depends on how much I don't like it. <laughs> if, we, if, if we like it, we don't need to talk about it. But if it's if it's problematic, then, I, you know. Um, yep. Yeah, hopefully it'll be good. <laughs> sounds good. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for listening, and stay groovy. Bye.